Okay, so I was, I'm just going to go over quickly what I was thinking of asking you. So I'm going to ask you about like how you got into entrepreneurship and shit. I'm going to ask you about your Airbnb lifestyle because that sounds fucking cool. Okay, well, hold, real. Do you want the do you want the R rated version of how I got into fucking entrepreneurship, or do you want? Let's let's keep it tame. You let's don't want the the, the R rated version of how I got into entrepreneurship. Huh? What's the R rated version? Lots lots of drug dealing, uh, running amok, completely acting a fool. Lots of that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I appreciate the authenticity. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, you know what? Drug dealing, that's cool. Um, you're not a drug dealer anymore, so no. I mean, I'm guessing. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. That's cool. Um, you're not going to like, defame me or some shit. Yes, I'm very proud of how good I was at it, though. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and I wanted to ask you about trading. All right. Because I sent you do that, and you're a trading coach, right? Yeah. I asked you about clients and shit, your podcasts and shit, I don't know, mentors, time management, habits and rituals. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Let's do it. It's Philip Martin, right? Yes. All right. Uh, let me just make sure my thing's good on my end. Okay. I'm going to hit record now. And my mic just fell over. <laughs> All right. Hey, welcome back to the Young Entrepreneurs Journey podcast. I'm here with the mad one, Philip Martin. Um, how are you doing today? Awesome. Thank you for having me. Sweet, I'm excited. So the first question that I ask everyone, just to kind of get to know you a little better, is Try what me. got you into your yeah, you good? What got you into your entrepreneurial journey? Oh man, so <clears throat> I'll tell you what. I had some of it just straight up in my DNA as a kid. I really wanted to make money, but uh, unfortunately, my parents w- wouldn't give me an allowance. Like. It didn't matter if I did chores, this, that, whatever. And eventually, they're complete fucking assholes. So I was like, I got to get out of here. And so what I started doing was selling weed and various things to try to save up money to move out of my parents' house. Yeah. Which completely backfired in my face. I got arrested when I was 17 for a bunch of stuff. And... um, so that completely blew up in my face, and then I realized shortly thereafter that I'm going to really have to make an extra effort to make it in this world because people don't take too kindly to those sorts of things. Yeah. Okay. And that kind of drove you to go do bigger things. Absolutely, because once I started learning about real estate, I was like, oh, this is just like weed. Like, <laughs> flipping is flipping is flipping <laughs> is flipping, you feel me? Like- it's like weed, but it's legal. Exactly. Amazing. I love it. Um, just one quick caveat um, on swearing. Totally cool. Just like no, like no, like cunt, fuck, bitch, whore kind of swearing. Yeah, oh, that's fine. That's that's all right. Fine. Yeah. Quick caveat. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, how did you enter real estate? Because real estate is a cool thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, dude. Let me just know about. So I ended up having to move to Florida to go get in-state tuition because my parents had moved there, but I knew I wanted to do real estate. So I joined CFRI, which is a great investor networking group there in Orlando, Florida. And I literally went to, I think like 50 different live events 
focus groups. Um, I just learned everything I could possibly learn about real estate. And that was when I learned about, you know, 1031 tax exchanges and assignments of contract, double closings, you know, how to become the bank owner financing, um, just, you know, how to do mobile homes, how to do commercial real estate, how to flip land, how to do residential. And I really learned as much as I could to try to pick the angle that I wanted to find. So what ended up happening was I met a guy in one of these networking things at a fucking Denny's, all right? Yeah. And we get to talking and chatting. This dude's 40, so he's like twice my age at the time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of explained my situation to him, which is like, you know, I can't really rent a place. Like, things, things are tough right now. I don't really know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And so this, mm-hmm. this guy lives, he had a bunch of units in this complex that he knew really well. And he was like, yeah. well, if you could put, if you could package this together in a deal, we can go pitch it to some investors and, mm-hmm. it, you know, I'll help you with that. And yeah. so that's what we did was we ended up raising about $320,000 for three different condos in that community that he was already an owner in. And, um, it worked out to where the investors get, they get all of their money back plus all of the appreciation. Okay. Okay. Um, which was really great because they were building new construction all around this complex. So mm-hmm. they made like over 10% per year for two years on $300,000. Yeah. So they got 60 grand back and they were really just doing me a fucking solid by letting me live in one of these units and then manage the rentals and Airbnbs through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. There's a couple of things to unpack here. First thing is that, like, you didn't half-ass this real estate thing. You went full-on deep. Because, I mean, a lot of people think, I can learn a little bit here, I can learn a little bit there. And you were like, no, I'm joining all of the groups. I'm going to find all of the mentors. I'm going to do all of the networking. I'm going to, I guess, read all the books, courses. I don't know, you haven't mentioned that, but I'm guessing, you know, I'm guessing that you went, because you use a lot of technical terms, you know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, I think a lot of people think, oh, I can just watch a YouTube video and, uh, <laughs> you know, everything will be fine a little bit here. Um, but, you know, you went complete deep immersion. And I think that's how you become good at anything is complete deep immersion. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's pretty valuable. And then obviously you made important connections there. Um, and then, yeah, also, I mean, that's pretty cool. And also the fact that, like, Real estate is an interesting niche to get into as an entrepreneur. What what are your what are your thoughts on that? For someone who's starting out, someone who's young, would you recommend real estate and then how would you recommend that they go about learning all that kind of stuff? Ooh, you know what I'll tell you is I legitimately learned like way more than I needed to to mm-hmm. have t- you know had I just, you know, picked one strategy and just executed on it, I would have probably gotten there much faster. Yeah. But uh, I didn't really have the... Ma- I was like 20, 21, you know, I didn't really have the maturity for that at the time. And mm-hmm. I really did just need somebody to kind of just like take me by the hand and be like, no, you need to do it this way. And that's what that guy did for me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this kind of goes to show how important a mentor is when it comes to shortcutting your learning curve. I mean, yeah, you're nodding right now. I mean, like, legitimately, you could 
you could save so much time and so much effort and so much energy in your life if you just went up to someone who has gone there and done it before Literally. and then to follow what they're saying. What do you think about that? I think that's 100% right. And I think people really underestimate how much their egos get in the way of that. Yeah. In a sense, like, how damaging do you think it is to listen to your ego over actually just going out and taking the right action and having a bit of humility and setting that aside? What do you think that does? Uh, it, that, that right there is a life-changing factor. I mean, that's mm-hmm. gonna make, that literally will make you or break you. I mean, the, yeah. whether you listen to your mentor or that insane little voice inside your head is going to have a huge impact. Yeah, for sure. No, I think the ego is a huge thing. And I think um, it it's just kind of exists to protect you. It kind of just exists to make you survive, in a mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we're not in the, the jungle anymore. We're, we're not, like, in the forest and the trees and things like that. And people get embarrassed when they stand on stage. That's, like, the number one fear. It's like, people are staring at me and my ego is hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know... Like, the evolutionary thing is still there, but I think in modern society, it most times doesn't really serve us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of important. Um, and so I, I kind of like to touch on kind of veering out of the whole real estate yeah. thing. It's the, the lifestyle that you live, because you don't live in a flat. You don't live in a house. What do you live on? I live on Airbnb. I love it. How did you start? What gave you the idea to do that? And what kind of freedom has that given you? And what kind of adventures have you had because of that? Oh, dude, I'll tell you. Um, I always moved around a lot as a kid with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, it, you know, if I were to live in any one place for like a year, it would just, that's like way too long for me. So I kind of found this happy, so I would, every time, you know, whenever you go travel to a place you really like, you're like, fuck, I wish I could live here. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like that. And then I, after being a super host through those Airbnbs, like I've had over a hundred bookings and just, you know, really getting to see the, see that, like how legitimate of a thing that it really is mm-hmm. that gave me the confidence to go ahead and just literally strike out, go live on Airbnb. And the way I do it is I stay in each place for just about a month because okay. it's just long enough for you to feel like you've actually lived there, but it's short enough for everything to still feel new the whole time. Yeah, it's so true. It's like the perfect happy middle. Yeah. yeah. So, and so I look at it like this because, you know, one month is only 8.3% of the year, okay? Like a whole month is not even 10% of the year. So that's very interesting to me and just, you know, keeping perspective in that. And I, 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 I don't even think I respect people that want to live in one place their entire lives. I'm just like, you're retarded. Like the world is huge. There's a a, literally a million things to see out there and you're going to stay in your same little loop. Like that's not a person I can relate with. Okay, so you're, you're, quite, you're the kind of person who's always moving on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You're seeing more, you're doing yes, more. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. What's the best place you've lived? 
what's your favorite place that you've lived? Oh, dude, I lived in the W in Miami, downtown Miami, for a month, and that was pretty sick. Yeah, all right, some crazy times on the beach. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm wondering, because Airbnb is, if you think of someone who's in, like, a typical 9-to-5 job, which I don't diss, there are some very important jobs, like lawyers, doctors, things like that, like, and, you know, entrepreneurship is not for everyone, Um, but... You know, if you're in that kind of job, you don't really have the same kind of freedom. And I think it's really cool how you've managed to, through real estate and your other endeavors, build this kind of lifestyle where you literally get to travel to a new place each month and you work remotely and it doesn't really matter where in the world you are, which is just pretty amazing. And um, yeah, what does freedom mean to you? Really exactly that. You know, it, yeah. it's not complicated. It's it's going where I want, doing what I want, with who I want, when I want, how I want. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I was just, I was, I was so traumatized by my parents just being complete tyrants to me growing yeah. up. I mean, literally, like, the thought of anybody being my boss just gives me PTSD. <laughs> just like, okay. like, this is insane. Like, this will never work. You just have to be your own boss, basically. Yeah. You just have to take control your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, So I'm wondering, for anyone getting into real estate, what do you think are the three key lessons that they should think about? Three three key points that they should think about when getting into real estate? Know your numbers. Number one, (laughs) know your numbers. Okay, nothing else matters if you don't know your numbers. As far as real estate goes, I would say number two, leverage your money if you can. Um, Mm -hmm. Always leverage your money if you can. And actually, even before that, I would say that's number three. Number two would be learn terms. Learn how to buy property on terms. Okay. Yeah. Um, So what does that mean when you say leverage your money? So that can be getting a loan from a bank, that can be um, putting a down payment on an owner finance deal. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true because I, when you get into something like real estate, sort of financing thing, it's got its own language and it's got its own way of working. Um, and especially like when you think about that, the, the whole thing is based on numbers, isn't it? It's based on... I I can't really talk proficiently on it because I don't know real estate, but, you know, (laughs) profit and loss or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Why don't you tell me? It's all good. It's all good. That's why why you're doing this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. The people need to learn. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I'm up to right now. This is the best form of real estate I have found yet. Mm -hmm. So... I'm flipping land right now, okay? Okay. So no tenants, toilets, or termites, all right? Mm-hmm. Right there off the bat. Yes, you're saving yourself massive headaches already, okay? I mean, I, dude, yeah. I've had tenants, oh my God, I could tell you some stories. And yeah. you really just want to, uh, oh man, my brain, my brain uh, dipped out. What was it? <laughs> what was the question? Um, you were just talking about flipping land. Oh, okay, yeah. The tenants, toilets, or termites. Sorry, the tenants distracted me. So, <laughs> flipping land, the, way, the reason I love it is um, it can be done from anywhere in the world. Um, it's a lot harder to do that with 
say you're trying to flip a house, right? How in the hell are you going to flip a house from across the world? That's going to be really hard for you to do unless, I mean, you're going to have to have a project manager boots on the ground there. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're not, um, really the only other way that you can be totally, totally hands off in real estate is if you own like apartments and you have a management company in place taking 8%, which I mean, why would you give up 8%? So, yeah, you know, if those deals are done right and they're leveraged correctly, that's great. That's fine. It's just, you're gonna have a huge overhead and I have nothing against apartments. Okay. I really, like, I really don't. I think they're, I think it's an awesome vehicle. Um, yeah. but what I like about, um, land deals is everything that I sell, I turn around and owner finance it. So, mm-hmm literally all I'm doing is a collecting a note from somebody that I've already pre-qualified. I've already, I already know they have the ability to pay all that. Yeah, for sure. And, um, my brain just stepped out and I forgot my really interesting question. That's okay. Um, um so instead of asking that really interesting question, I'm going to ask, um, why, why should someone get into real estate? Ooh. Because it's a real asset. It's not some BS stock. I mean, stock prices are based on literally nothing. I mean, they're based on just opinions, okay? I mean, at least with real estate, you're going through and looking at comps, okay? You're actually looking at other comparable things that have sold mm-hmm. to determine an, an accurate price. I mean, the yeah. stock, stock prices in the real estate or in the, in the stock market are way more based on purely emotions really that's way more emotion yeah you think real estate takes emotion out of it a lot more a lot more if you're gonna be Mm -hmm. man you're gonna have to be really emotional about a real estate deal because they take a long time to do right it takes i mean a good 30 days to to close something right yeah generally okay um so kind of off the back of that I'm wondering, how do you negotiate a good deal Ooh. in real estate? Yeah. How do you make sure that it's good on both sides? Yeah. Because the uh, thing about real estate as well is, like, you need to know your market and you need to know, yeah, deals, deals, like, the whole thing tinges on deals. Yeah. So. So, I'll give you an example. Um, when I was negotiating for those condos for those investors for my first deals, um, obviously, you look at comparables so, it, so here's the question. How do you negotiate the price down uh, with your person, but how do you also justify the price? You kind of, mm-hmm. you have to be thinking about those two equally. Like that you're trying to find a price. You're trying to find a return that justifies the price. Yeah. So like, for example, for the ones that I, we got, like, we didn't we didn't get them at any kind of like steel deal or anything like that like we just got them like at regular market value but because of what the market had been doing because of what the construction they were building literally right outside the gates and because yeah. of the the actual rent that the I get to see the history of the rents and then you know you make any I didn't make a single improvement to any one of those condos, and each one of them improve, uh, appreciated $20,000. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. 
yeah, the markets are a mythical beast. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. And like the the thing I think to note about negotiation in general is, uh, you know, like it's a team sport, and you know they're not your enemy. You're trying to get a good deal for both parties. Obviously, obviously you have your own selfish best interests, yeah. and you want to do the best for yourself. But you really need to empathize and understand with and understand your counterparty. You know, right? You're exactly right because when I was yeah. when I was going through selling them for those people, they I would get all just totally lowball offers that were were in from outer space, and they I mean I, I just yeah. literally re- reply f you like. <laughs> so that was your negotiation. Tactic. Yes. Yeah. Did it work? Yes. I got I got great purchase prices on each one of those. Wow, that's amazing. So I mean, yeah, that that's the that's the first thing in negotiations. You've got to be willing to walk away at all times. Otherwise you're not in a power posi- like position of power. Right? Yeah. And um, I, yeah. Yeah. I was you, it's an interesting strategy. I like I, it. I would say that that might even be more important than any negotiations you can even do is just getting yourself into a position of power. If you yeah. if you can't do that, then all you're doing is bluffing. And guess what happens when you bluff and then it blows up in your face? That's not good. Yeah, for sure, 100%. Um, so kind of going on to, because I know that off at the back of your knowledge in real estate and financial markets, I'm assuming. I know you do trading as well, and that you now have a trading coaching business. Is that right? Yes. Um, so how did you start that, and how did you kind of get your first clients, position yourself in a niche market? Do you want to talk a bit about that? Sure. So I got into it a while back, through like over a year ago, through mm-hmm. uh, a place or a some guys called Warrior Trading, which is a huge online com- community uh, that all right. teaches all these people. But you know what? They only teach you part of the story. They don't teach you everything. And yeah. it's it's actually really nasty what these people are doing. Is really? Yes. It's disgusting. Right. Oh, my God. Th- because they open – they put everybody in this chat room, all these new traders, every morning mm-hmm. – I'm in a chat room listening to this asshole because he does say some useful things, but there's also yeah. about 1,500 newbie traders in there that have no idea what they're doing. And so yeah. I will literally, I'll be watching my four stocks, okay, and I'll be watching the main one that's got all the action, the main move. It's great. It's, mm-hmm. it's giving us clean moves to scalp, okay? Yeah. And this asshole will, you know, jump over to some stock that hit the scanner for no reason other than somebody made it by marketing into it with a large order and then he'll he'll take a starter on it and then he'll have his boy go just sell massive shares as all those new traders come in and so you'll see those just fail all the time when i'm sitting there telling my one sec. Yeah. Sorry, the connection froze completely after you said take a starter on it. Okay. okay. Yeah. I didn't want to ruin your rhythm. But. It's all good. So yeah, yeah, he'll 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 just say, hey, I'm taking a starter on this really bullshit stock, knowing that other traders that have no I have no real idea that haven't they haven't made the effort to understand 
to not do that. And so I'm sitting there, you know, with my clients on my Zoom call, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, guys, you all see that this is the main stock with the most obvious, easiest, cleanest moves to to be a part of. Why on earth would you even look at this other stock? Okay. Yeah. And so the strategy I end up teaching my clients is the one that worked for me. And that is I teach a, a one-and-done strategy to where all we're, we're buying momentum. We're not buying stocks, right? Like today we saw a stock go from 16 to $30 in like yeah. an hour. Like yeah. that's, that's absolutely insane. Like if you yeah. took... 10,000 shares on $1, that's $10,000, you see? So, um, but see, so what I'm doing, this is not investing in the stock market. This is, all we're doing is we're capturing really obvious momentum. So I'm buying strength and selling into strength. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm only, I tell all my clients, like, dude, you're only ever 10 cents away from a green day. And stocks move 10 cents all the time. Mm. What does that mean, green day? Just means you made money that day. Okay, from a, from a good, fruitful cash, crash, ringing in the cash day. All right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's an interesting market. And like, yeah, the, the way that the markets move um, is just crazy and very variable a lot of the times. Um, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know anything about it. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's all really interesting stuff. And um, I mean, I think it'd be cool to know um, for people who kind of are maybe considering starting to get clients of their own, have also developed a very strong skill set or a strong knowledge area where they could do a lot of good, is how you actually kind of started that process. Like, how did you get clients? How did you start this business? What does the model look like, so to speak? So you'd, you'd think you'd be able to just walk up to any old person and be like, hey, you want to be able to make all your money in 30 minutes of the day? Because yeah. that, that's, as, that's as long as the momentum lasts, right? I do my 15 minutes pre-market analysis, and then the momentum mm-hmm. lasts for about the first 15 minutes of the day. It's, it's the easiest, most obvious things. And then after that, it just gets harder and harder and harder. So yeah. that's why we just get in, we get our one, and we close out, and we're out. So for sure. what was the other part of that question? Um, I, I was asking, what does your model look like in terms of getting oh, clients, clients and then turning it into a proper coaching Yeah, business? so y- you'd think you'd be able to just walk up to any old person and be like, hey, you want to learn to make money by pressing two buttons, you know? Yeah. And it's just not like that, right? People, this is why I really didn't bring it up like at all like at this conference is because like I don't need like – 50 really smart people being like, hey, isn't that really risky? Like, isn't that really hard? It's like I, my, I don't need that in my brain, right? I have, I have, I have a, I've built a little trading machine in my brain, okay? Yeah. And it's, it's purely psychological. All of this is very – it's all psychological. Okay. So what I ended up just having to do was just take a lot of time to really build – trust with my audience on Instagram and value and just be talking to them every single day. And literally you just have to be who you are. If you, if you're trying to be anybody other than who you are, it ain't gonna work. Yeah, for sure. So like you, you get clients of Instagram then. Yeah. And, uh, all right. And what does that look like then? So you, you post stories and then you kind of 
you kind of oh we were talking a bit about this before you post stories and then you kind of talk about what you're up to you put some funny entrepreneur memes and do, do you have people dm you or do you yeah. dm people i uh, know just dm you mm-hmm. you don't dm people no because okay. I'll, I'll put like you know i'll make like a thousand dollars that day and i'll be like and literally it'll be like oh an in and an out in less than a minute you know, and you post something like that and like you show them where the orders are going through. Right. And they're yeah. like, yeah, you know, it just, it, it, it yeah. I mean, dude, I have people call me up that want nothing to do with the stock market. They hate stocks. They don't want anything to do with them, but they see what I'm doing and they, 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 they get on the phone. They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. All right. So basically, you've just picked your platform. You've positioned yourself as an expert. You kind of put in fun tidbits about what you're doing, results your clients you're getting, I'm guessing, fun bits about your life, and then people vibe with that. Yeah, it was so cool. One of my clients clients made $133 today in one minute. In one minute? Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so happy. Finance. Um, yeah, no, that, that's really cool. That's really cool to know. Um, and yeah, so I mean, what does what does it look like? So when a client comes to you and they're like, "Hey, I'm interested in this thing," mm-hmm. um, like, how do you get them on a? I'm guessing you get them on a call. You get them on a Zoom call or something. Do you have like an initial consultation meeting, and then uh, and then eventually you kind of see where you can go with it? Do you have like a certain pricing strategy and things like that? So it's really funny because I, I have to gauge where they are when they call me because I've had people call me up. You know, they're like, hey, you know, I'm really interested in what you're doing. Can we do a call? I'll be like, yeah. yeah. And then I have to make sure to not like start from the beginning because they, they may have already been watching my Instagram for months and they've already mm-hmm. made up their mind. Yeah. So you don't want to screw that up. So I have people call me up and they're like, here's money teach me, you know, and then I have other people that want to know all types of things about it. And so the way it goes is it's a three month process to where in the first month, I'm literally going to just tell you everything I know and that I'm doing. Right. And part of what I'm there, part of what they do is they get on my, my live zoom call every morning. And it's, so it's like they're trade. It's like they're sitting next to me while I trade. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a really cool aspect of it. And then I do um, an individual one, like a one-on-one call with everybody every week um, because everybody's personality is a little different and that that will show through in their metrics. So it's a three-month process. First month is I'm telling them everything they could possibly need to know, all the rules, the criteria, everything. Month two, they're practicing with super small share size, just practicing because what I love about trading is the, the action the, of the in and the out and mm-hmm. the, the concept of capturing 10 cents. Okay, yeah. well, if you capture 10 cents on $100, okay, that's 10 bucks. If you mm-hmm. capture 10 cents on 10,000 shares, that's $1,000. Yeah. And you still press the same two buttons. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I'm guessing it's all about timing, right? Oh. Kind of... Is that, yeah, yeah. Okay, he nodded. He nodded, people. <laughs> um, 
yeah that's that's pretty cool um i think it's awesome what you're doing there um training is definitely something interesting to look into how tired are you oh god funny faces all good i'm alive (laughs) oh man oh man not a single complaint all right um so i'm wondering kind of more on the i don't know lifestyle or personal development side like how do you go about managing the time is there a particular way that you structure your day and then i'm guessing if you're moving from city to city to city to city is there some kind of time that you allocate to to the work that you're doing and then time that you allocate to getting to know the city a certain way and then like how do you go about that so i'm in a pretty hardcore five-year plan right now to uh all right really give the the business side of my life everything I've got because I mean I got I got to where I was previously I mean just just kind of half trying I mean like dude I literally I could have quit I could have stayed where I was two years ago making about a hundred thousand dollars on Airbnb give or take on Airbnb and Mm -hmm. like just let those units appreciate and just done that you know yeah but um I just, I've always, I've always known that there are ways to leverage your time. So that by trading being one of them, I mean, making money in half an hour, there's one thing. Okay. Now, now coaching. Okay. There's another thing. Okay. My, my land deals. Well, there's another thing. And then like you saw at the conference with Derek, I'll be, I'll be building a fund on the back of the real estate deals. So um, the way I allocate my time is I literally, I just make a list in order of just the most important shit, like, like anything that I could possibly have to do or need to do. Yeah. I, I write it all down and then I just order it in order of importance and then I just okay. go through it on that. Yeah. Is that like a, is it like, cause I mean, things that are most important are not necessarily most urgent. And then there are some really urgent things that are not as important. Does that kind of factor into it? Yeah. The, just... yeah, the urgent, that's a really good point. Urgent, important, yeah. important, but not urgent. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just in a place where, you know, that actually kind of started screwing me up because I, yeah. I would be like, ah, it's not that urgent or what, you know, whatever it was. I'm just in a place yeah. where it's all important and urgent to me mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah it's kind of you've got that drive so you're gonna do it anyway yeah, yeah. i found that really interesting I, I, I found that really uh helpful personally as well like i mean a lot of people have really cool things like to doist and you know whatever like re- really cool task managers and i think they're very valuable if that works for you that's cool but i tried it for a while and it didn't work for me and then i just decided to write everything down onto one note in like the different areas of my life and then I literally just put on what to do today. And then I like just put the deadline. And because it's all in one place, I can see exactly where everything fits in. It just made sense for me. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious if you have like a, because I don't really know how the whole deals thing works, but if you have the kind of kind of process for tracking of which phase you are in a deal. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a crucial part of running a real estate business is, you know, so in my CRM, right? Um, I, it's called the investment dominator. And okay. so we have it in there to where, you know, I, it's either a prospect or, you know, they've, they've already requested an offer, you know, or all yeah. offers already been, been accepted, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, now it's, now it's, it's already been purchased and we're looking to sell it. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Very okay. important. So you try that one in a CRM. All right. It's pretty cool. And then you can review that. Yeah. That's smart. I think, yeah, it's important to track everything because otherwise you lose you lose things, right? What gets measured gets managed. And if you don't track things, you're, you're just screwing yourself, I think, Absolutely. honestly. That, 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 that couldn't be more true. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm wondering, like, do you have any kind of particular habits that you have or rituals that you you do to sort of keep you on the top of your game lots of cardio lots Mm -hmm. of cardio literally cardio you're oxygenating your entire brain you're you can look this up this is what i I, the Mm -hmm. research i've found is you're literally producing neurogenesis in your brain you're increasing the amount of brain cells being birthed in your brain every day because your brain cells you know are born and they die every fucking day sorry yeah let me get my cat off of here. Say hi, hi to say hi to Bo Bear. Uh, hey, is that your cat or is that's that my, the cat? That that's my cat. Wait, you have a cat? Yeah. You can you take your cat to different Airbnbs? Yeah. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Let's. This is more interesting. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how does that work? Does your does your cat not get like traumatized moving from location to location? <laughs> I, mean, I didn't say that. Lonely. Yeah. He, um, no, I actually I have three cats. <laughs> you, have, you take three cats from place to place. Oh no! Man. Look, no, listen, you know, look, look, it's not as bad as it sounds. It's not as bad as it sounds. Okay, okay. We'll okay. Go we'll listen, go I have okay. So I had the two brothers. That was Bo and Mo. They look exactly alike. I've had them yeah. forever. Okay, and then one day when I was I used to work overnight at Home Depot before I did my first three deals, and I was riding my bike home and. I was super tired and like I uh I almost ran over this little black cat on the sidewalk and it was just like this little tiny black cat and I was yeah. like okay whatever you know I pick it up I put it in my little like knapsack like my little drawstring bag and I'm like I'll yeah. do something with you you're out here on this really busy road and it's mm-hmm. dark out so I can be back on my bike and I'm riding and I'm riding and I'm riding and then boom I get hit by a car and I get hit yeah. into the busy road but mm. my theory is, had I not had that little cat on my back, I would have fallen different and gotten run over like my bike did. Jeez. Oh, so you think the cat saved your life? And so now you take care of it. So now I gotta keep the fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to, dude. So do, do you take the cat across the US or do you take the cat abroad as well? I haven't been abroad anywhere yet. You haven't been abroad yet? No. I recommend it. I recommend it. All there, right, there, might all be right. some, there might be some complications with the cat. Yeah, that's. I don't know about all that yet, but yeah. no, I know it's completely crazy. What am I doing with these fucking cats? But here um, we here we are. Cats. <laughs> cats are the best. Um, ah, okay, yeah, cats are cool, man. Yeah. Um, cardio is good though. Cardio yes, is good, though. cardio. Like lots of fish oil. I mean, I have. I mean, like, 20 different supplements right over there, all kinds of different things. Um, yeah, yeah like fish it. oil, vitamin D. I like a lot of uh, this thing called NAC, uh, N-acetyl-L-cysteine. It's an acetylated version of an amino acid called cysteine, which just means that it's super okay. bioavailable. And what that does is it converts into L-glutathione, which if you just take that orally, your digestive system will screw that up. But NAC allows that to get into your body, and it's a very powerful antioxidant. 
and it's really good for your liver and various things. Right. It may it, they've done studies. It makes you less impulsive. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Okay. That's useful as a trader for sure. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, that's cool. So you take your fitness, your health super seriously. I think that's very important because a lot of these kind of entrepreneur people, they're like, I'm just going to go big on my one idea and I'm not going to eat and I'm not going to sleep and I'm not going to exercise and I'm going to get fat on my chair and make a billion. And maybe they do get fat on their chair and make a billion, but it's, it's just not good for you and you, you burn out and you, taking care of you, yeah, you, you clearly got some thoughts on that. Yeah, that just makes me kind of disgusted. I mean, I just think, Man, I think I mean so. There's a book called Incognito by David Eagle, Dr. David Eagleman out of Rice, yeah. out, actually out of Rice University, which like I can see from here. It's literally right there, and um, that book completely changed the way I look at people and their brains and this and that, and it just completely highlighted the importance of taking care of your brain without without any shred of the doubt that is the by far the thing that you need to take the most care of in your life is your brain yeah for sure and how do you take care of your brain again the cardio the fish oil a lot stress is really bad for your brain being angry is really bad that's why i was smoking so much weed but i recently just you know had to do away with that but yeah um, is to, you know, like Derek said, I mean, if you, if, when your brain is in a positive mind state, it's working 31% better. That's why I was doing that. But I was also having a terrible memory at the same time and other, other yeah. stuff. So, um, I just think how you feel is vital to your enjoyment of that money. Yeah, for sure. It, it makes it makes a huge difference, and people forget that money is just a resource. Money is just a resource to gain you more freedom, yeah. and uh, you know more more freedom to do the things that you want to do. And it's your choice to do whatever you want to do with that money. But if if you've just got billions sitting in your bank account, it's kind of useless, isn't it? What what kind of value is that adding to your life? So I think you need to take a more holistic perspective on kind of what you actually want out of life, and then how to sort of leverage money. And the way that you want to earn that money to build that kind of lifestyle for yourself. I'll give you the perfect example of this is the ultimate failure in life is getting exactly what you want and not being able to enjoy it. And that's where I'm like, I'm not, I'm about, I don't know. I have a path and i've drawn a very clear line in the sand at least at this point in my life at at a million dollars a year for me because that's where i'm saying enough right yeah for this for the time being because right is you know everything that you take on well you got to give away some of your time and so yeah, that's where I've gotten like these three businesses that I have down. Like I, be- mm-hmm. I believe I can get them all down to where I can manage them all in within five hours of a day, five days a week. Okay, that's cool. That's my big thing. And then you get to kind of leverage your time in the way that you want to. Yeah, I mean, time, time is your most valuable resource. You can always get money back, but you can't ever get your time back ever. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. It, it's it's um, interesting because yeah. 
I just had a moment of reflection there and it and mm-hmm. it feels far better to to know that you spent your time how you wanted to. I think that's one of the only antidotes to regret. Yeah. That's an interesting way of putting it. Antidote to regret spending the time how you wanted to. Because if you don't, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Why did I listen to them? You know, and unfortunately, I mean, the big problem is most people don't even know themselves enough to be able to believe in themselves. Yeah. It's a real tragedy. Exactly. No, that's what you've got to start with. That's exactly what you've got to start with, knowing yourself. You need to know yourself inside out. You need to know your wants, you need to know your desires, you need to know what you like, you need to know what you dislike, you need to know who you want to be around and who you should be around and who you don't want to be around and who you shouldn't be around, uh, what kind of life do you want to live, what kind of person are you, all those kinds of things. I think everything starts from there and that's kind of the blueprint or the Bible that you create for yourself. And I'll take it and all the you- way. I'll take it all the way for you. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Is to, is to where do even your portfolio goals come from? Yeah. You. What does that mean, portfolio goal? So every, you know, every person is going to want to build, you know, an investment portfolio based around their personal needs and desires. So that's, you know, risk tolerance yeah. and things like that. So it just goes back to knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 100%. And I think that's a really good takeaway. If you, if you don't know your yourself, you're like a leaf in the wind. You're lost. You have no compass or no sort of no direction to point you towards the path that you're supposed to be on. You know what I mean? Um, like, can you ever re- recall a time in your life where you just felt lost as shit and you're like, this is great, you know? Yeah, most of my teenage years. Hey, uh, that wasn't um, fun. Except without the this is great, it was more like this is crap. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, you can't, you can't. Um, yeah, it's true. And... Uh, yeah, so in addition to your three businesses that you have right now, you also have a podcast, High Vibration Hustle. Yeah, I cool. Yeah. I do like doing that one. Hang on, is that a siren? Uh yeah. <laughs> okay. Alright, alright. So what are you gonna say? Uh so no dude, I love doing my uh my high vib so it's a high vibration hustle podcast and I really just wanted to take this, um, you know, this, this, the hustler aspect that I've always had, like literally since I like on every basketball team I was ever on, I remember being in like third grade and then telling my mom, like that kid's a hustler. Like I've always had that. And you know, there's just so much of that in the culture right now with like Gary V and entrepreneurship being what it is. But I wanted to combine that with high vibration because I, you know, there, there, there are plenty of low vibration hustles out there, okay? Yeah. The things that are just not good for anybody. It's not even good for the person making the money. Yeah, for sure. So, it's yeah. true. Like the drug dealers from back in the day. I mean, it was fun, but <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, it was valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's pretty cool. I think the podcasts are great. You get to know a lot of interesting people, that's for sure. Um, so I guess I have one final question. My one final question would be, um, sort of in, in your experience and in the knowledge that you've amassed up to this point, what would you say are the three key truth bombs about the entrepreneurial journey 
that you would drop on a young entrepreneur today? I really would drop on them that it is a lifestyle and that like mm-hmm. you don't just get to like it isn't hitting the lottery. It's not you it's not like you did the thing and now you get to relax the rest of your life. That's a complete myth. I don't think Yeah, a complete rubbish. Yes. Yeah. So I would definitely say it's a lifestyle. I would definitely say even with as much as it's said, it's still not said enough in our culture that like failing is the way to success. It's not only that like, oh, don't be scared to fail. No, like you should actively go find ways to try things in a way that it's okay if they fail and that you'll learn from them if you do. Yeah forward because if you're not failing at anything you're not doing anything right absolutely man and number three i would say is just dream big you have to dream just big but i mean as long as you can see a path to it as long as you can see a path to it dream as big as you want you know i don't you know i have my little million dollar cap right now but guess what if you have $100,000 and you make 30% on that year in, year out, reinvest that for 30 years, you're going to have a billion dollars. Yeah, for sure. So dream big and think long term. Oh. All right. I like it. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for um, having is me. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, and how can people find you? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's High Vibration Hustle on Instagram. And that, right. that's where I keep track of everybody. That's where uh, my link tree is to everything else that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, I'll plonk the stuff in the description. Thank you so much. You're the best. Um, I'm going to stop recording now. All right. All right. Yeah, I think that was a good one. Everything good on your anchor? Yeah, should be. Let's see here. Okay. Yeah, hit stop.